Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in again. This is 12 for a penny. I am Scott Harvey. The handsome young lad over there is Seth Harvey. We actually share blood. It's kind of cool. And Woo! we are doing the uh, the concept that we started off to. I give him an album to listen to from my generation. He gives me an album to listen to from his generation. And we say a lot of words and act like we're really smart and stuff like that about it. So to kick things off, Seth, go ahead and boot it. All righty. Well, uh, I guess I'll start off with the record you gave me since, yeah. Good. All righty. So this, out of the records we've listened to, we've only listened to records so far, but I haven't, this one, talking about this one is making me nervous because it's so, there's a lot going on in this one. Okay. And the other ones I've been able to kind of approach from like a, a track by track kind of uh, like I can say a lot about each track. This one isn't the same way, but not in a way where it's like each of the tracks don't stand out. It's just the, as a collection, it's so interesting. It is, I haven't quite heard a record like it before. Thematically musically it's that was the hardest part for me to get into because i'm not that big into soft rock which i don't know if that's unfair to call it soft rock but that's what it feels like to me um that sound has never like really drawn me to it um i guess like the softest rock stuff i listen to is like oasis or like the alt rock i'm kind of like i like to play in the, the fringes of the genres but that said didn't detract from my enjoyment of the record at all um because instrumentally musically it's really strong but let's be honest the star of the show on this record is the songwriting front to back it reminds me of the way that re okay I'll, I'll get this out of the way almost every song in the record actually no, i will say every song in the record beside one is about relationships love missed connections it's a record about love but it's not a love record at all and funny enough actually i find it kind of similar to tyler the creator's record igor which okay. is gonna sound strange igor is this isn't because would you call this like a true concept album like there's a story like there's a narrative being played out or like it's all kind of cohesively about the same kind of thing? Um, I, the album to me is, uh, in, it's told in multiple parts. So I, I said in the last video that I was giving you a concept album. Mm -hmm. And so the way that I've always listened to the album is the narrator tells three or four different songs. No, that's, that's not right that the narrator comes through five or six different songs and keeps telling the same story. And then there's little other songs in between kind of like placeholders. That's how I've always heard the album. So from be my downfall mm -hmm. to um, uh, when Chip comes in, that that's the same guy. And he's telling the, he's telling that story. I'll get into that a little bit more later. Okay, okay, because you said concept albums. I was trying to, I didn't know if, because in relation to Igor, Igor is a pretty clear cut, there's a pretty clear narrative arc. 
this I was trying to figure it out, but it felt more like um like different like some like definitely some of them I feel like are the same kind of situation, the same kind of relationship told from different perspectives, told from different viewpoints, told from different mindsets. I kind of got that vibe, but um, the thing that I took the most away from, from it is, and I'll get into some specific tracks, but it is very, it's about love. And usually when it comes to music and love is, and most media and love, there's a lot of love songs and there's a lot of like breakup songs, but this is about the best parts of love, the worst parts of love, and literally every other thing in between that can happen in a relationship, in anything. Because be my downfall, you kind of have this narrator from perspective. He's got he's got a lady at home, but there's this lady here, and right. he knows what he's doing mm -hmm. isn't per se the right. I don't know if you can just use per se like that. <laughs> but it might not be the right thing to do but he's like I, he's like i'm on i'm under a spell like what what am i supposed to do and then which it very rarely in media do you see a someone cheating on someone portrayed in a way that isn't like villainous which is mm -hmm. it's 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 a bold move and then just like a man i couldn't tell at first if he was if he was the other guy in this situation or he was aware that his lady friend had another guy and i yeah. think it's about him being the other guy i couldn't mm -hmm. i couldn't quite it, it works both ways but that song is fucking that that's also a song that's pretty not as soft rock it is a pretty nice clear-cut rhythm but that's the the strongest part of the record for me it just paints this like each of them are kind of like vignettes of different types of relationships how they can each wear and tear or make you feel good and build you up and because my first few listens I was thinking like damn this guy must have had a number done on him like there is a lot of really cynical outlooks but it's also there's just a stretch where it's kind of like that but there are definitely some points where it's like He's not like oh all edgy like love is the thing that kills you. It, it isn't. It isn't all that. No, I think he he definitely had a number done on him. Um, yeah. But I also think that oh, and we didn't bring it up. This album is um, "Change Everything" by Delamitri. Uh, yeah, it came out in nineteen ninety two. But I also think that in a lot of the songwriting and the way that he does it is he's. He's not innocent in this either. And Very much so. this kind of came back to bite him in the ass a little bit. Um, and yeah, it, the, reason, the reason I gave you this album, and I'm going to make a very short story, a very long story, is back in the days of the record stores, we used to get things that looked like this. You guys see that? It's a square. Yeah, it's called a compact disc. And so they would send, the labels would send these out and they would have artists that they were going to at least push a little bit. So it was a way that you could listen to stuff that was going to be coming out, like before the store opened or we'd play it sometimes during the day. 
Um, and it was different labels on different on one CD and be like, you know, okay, they're at least going to give these guys a shove one way, shape or form. Right. And so like this one that I'm holding here, it's got Melissa Etheridge, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, artists you guys have never heard of before. Um, Social Distortion, Matthew Sweet, you know, a lot of different people. But this way, the people that worked in the, in the record stores would have some idea of what was coming out. Right. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so when always the last to know was the single that came out off the album. Mm -hmm. And when I heard it, it just sounded completely different than everything else. You know, you hear the cowbell, you hear the piano, you hear the saxophone riff. I'm like, okay, you have my attention. I'm going to listen to this now. And, uh, it's like, it's just a good song. It's a good pop song. Right. I was like, okay, I'll check these guys. I'll check, I'll check these guys out. This, this sounds decent. And there was just something about that single that was just super infectious to me. Like, man, I really, really like the single. I really, really like the single. And then I caught like the twist or the moment on it. And so the song, which is, it's a great song. And mm. it's, it's, you know, it's one of the strongest ones on there. You know, basically the song is, you know, the guy he's getting broken up with and, you know, don't let me be the last to know when this happens. And, you know, it's, it's a heartbreaking song. And then at the very end of it, you hear him say, if he's cheating on you, like I cheated on you, or if he's cruel, don't let me be the last to know. So I'm like, that's the twist right there. He screwed up, but mm -hmm. now he doesn't want to be the last to know. Mm -hmm. And I listened to it multiple times. Like, so all this stuff where he's saying that she's so bad, maybe he's just a really bad partner. And she yes. got fed up with it and she decided to step out on him. And now he's begging, oh, don't treat me. Don't, don't treat me like I treated you. Mm -hmm. And then when I listened to the album and I devoured this album and I listened to it a million times, I had never heard a pop album that was entirely about getting broken up with in pop songs. And, and they're not all poppy. I mean, there's a couple of them that aren't, but it's it was there's just one like, that's really not. No, um, there's there, yeah, there's a couple of them on there. There's one that sounds like a Tom Waits song. Um, but it's just, you know, there's like 12 songs that are just like, wow, you're gonna get your heart stomped on and you're gonna get mm -hmm. broken up with. And and you know, like the first rule of love, which is not a song, but it's like, yeah, everything you think is great about love, it's gonna destroy you in the end. You know, you're perfect and everything, and it's just gonna crush your soul in the end. So don't ever fall in love. And um, so yeah, that was that was how I fell into this album. And the reason I gave you this album is number one, it's really good songwriting. It's it musically, it's you know, I wouldn't call it soft rock at all. Um, but it is, you know, you have a horn section, you have tons of really cool percussion in it. Very full, um, it's a very full sounding yeah. record. And you know, anything with bagpipes. It's got to be great. You know, I mean, they're Scottish. That they're was so a great sick. Scottish band. Um, but, you know, and honestly, it doesn't really sound that that different stylistically to like big country and other kind of Scottish bands that have kind of hit in that in that time. Um, but no, it's just this really pretty written album about you're going to get your heart stepped on and everything about love that, you know, is going to crush you. But you can dance to it. <laughs> you can <laughs> you know, dance to it. Yeah. And so that's the reason I wanted to hear this album because I honestly, God, I haven't heard a lot of albums that are like that where every single song 
is about you're going to get your heart broken. Yeah. And uh, and so that's why I gave it to you. But go ahead. Well, no, I mean, it's, it's a very I that definitely you it's you can't miss it. You can't miss it. It's like a fucking bullet and you just can't dodge it. And because that, that's what that's what the thing is. It's like um, he's not he doesn't portray himself as a likable narrator. Like he's not a good partner in sometimes and sometimes there's other people that are bad partners too but he's not a very likable fella it's like uh reading catcher in the rye where you catch yourself like you know uh, becoming a little sympathetic for this guy and you're like oh wait he's kind of a fucking douche like he's kind of a dick being a douchebag yeah mm-hmm. and so you listen to some of these records or some of these tracks on here and, he, and then he's telling these stories and that that song specifically where it's it's so upbeat and just like you're feeling bad for the guy you like you know that situation and then it's like oh but it's your fault too and and so and that's it's it's a complicated record it's not simple at all it's very nuanced and so honest that it hurts because he's not he's like laying it all bare he's like i'm a bad guy and uh no that definitely comes through (laughs) you can't and there's a lot of in that's the thing though is because I mean, records like this are important where it reminds me of certain, like my favorite move, my favorite quote unquote romance movies where some people's are like these very, you know, sugar-coated kind of love story, like 101 Dalmatians or some shit. And then you watch like Before Sunrise or you watch any movie by Charlie Kaufman or any movie where it's the reality of how complicated relationships are and how there's no playbook on how to do deal with some of this stuff and it's so nice well and like like i really like is you know as soon as the tide comes in i really like that song a lot on there because if you've ever gone to the wedding of an ex this is the playbook this is exactly what it is yeah you know you're gonna go to the bar you're gonna get drunk you're gonna be like oh we were the greatest couple ever in the world then I'm gonna make a scene at the wedding. Then I won't. And then, okay, well, maybe she is better off with this other person than me. And yeah. maybe I am kind of happier that I'm not the one marrying her, or at least I can tell myself that as I throw another couple back. Yeah. You know? um, everyone leaves. You can, you can, you can stay at the bar. You can stay at the bar. Lord knows you need to. Yeah. And interesting thing on this, um, I just kind of ran across this accidentally. So they're huge replacements fans. And this is kind of funny how this all kind of ties in. So they're huge Mats fans, right? And so they were listening to All Shook Down where they were doing this album. And he was trying to write his version of Nobody where Westerberg shows up drunk at his ex's wedding. And they're like, you know, what name am I going to write the guest book and stuff like that. And he actually said in an interview, this was his attempt to write a replacement song and write and write a song like nobody for that because they were listening to it at that time. So again, it's kind of weird how this all kind of loops together and, you know, influences all that. You don't even know it. And also funnily enough, um, their first album was put out on an independent label called big star. Really? Yeah. Go well, figure. Well, right. Well, the, the, the big star thing, there was, um, I wrote, I, I forgot to write it down. Um, one of the songs on here has a, it's not that similar, but it reminds me of the don't lie to me rhythm 
I don't mm. know what song it is on here, but one of them, whenever it comes on, I, it reminds me of that pace. It has a similar like drum or something. And there are a few, there's one of them. I just can't remember, I didn't write down. One, there's a few guitar riffs on here, some melodies where it's like, that really sounds like something else. I, I can't put my finger on it, but I can't, I, yeah. I can't remember which, what it is. Yeah, and that's how influences play out. You know, you hear something in that Sneaky. and you're like, wow. And it's funny because I think I've said this on all the other videos. Um, the last half of this album kicks ass. Yeah. It's, it is super strong. Um, there are just some, some killer cuts on this. And actually the first four cuts on the album are really good too. But um, no, I just, I always thought that it was just a very, a very unique album. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it took kind of like a grown up, and I sure as hell wasn't a grown up when I listened to it, but a grown up look at relationships. And again, the narrator's like, oh, you know, this is terrible and this is happening. And you're like, this is introspective enough to kind of say, like, at the very end of it, it's like, yeah, but it's probably my fault. Mm-hmm. And in most of them, except I won't take the blame on that one, you know, and I won't take the blame. And I love that. I'm not the one that played the Joker in this game. That's a great way to say yeah. you cheated on me. You know, but he was like, yeah, if you want to go, go. That's cool. You know, what, why are we standing here like clowns and fight? You know, yeah. just let it just let it be done, you know, in the yeah. relationship. And but it, it does. It, it, it's sorry. Oh, it's OK. I'll say, but it, the album shockingly then kind of we kind of ends on a happy note. <laughs> you know, after yeah. the whole album's about heartbreak, it ends on a happy note. And, it, and it's not like it isn't actually even that sad of a song. He's reminiscing over this like misconnection this lost love but he ends with it with a bit of optimism he ends it with a bit of like hope and that what you said about the like uh i don't want to take the blame where he's like this is like what are we doing like this is just inevitable just just let it happen right that's kind of the approach he's taking from the opposite direction instead of like going after this girl and doing all these like half-baked harebrained attempts to like try and get this lady he's like every every second of my watch every time the day passes that's just time he talks about time in a sense of like leading making time when time passes they'll become closer so instead of mm-hmm. him being like just love this, this fucking like what are we doing let's leave at the end of the record he's like it's if it is if it's supposed to happen it's gonna happen mm-hmm. and there he touches on the like the time again with the uh with the when you were young with the reminiscing he's actually i I wrote down a change everything is reminiscing the album there's so much (laughs) looking back and uh but it it does end on a good it does end on a happy note and after maybe the fourth or fifth listen reading the lyrics i thought to myself like this album even if it is cynical it's not he's not saying that he's the good guy in any of these He's not saying anyone's a good guy or the bad guy. He's just presenting the situation as it is. And he happens to be at the crux of a lot of it. So it's not even cynic. The nature in the album in nature isn't cynical. This well, it's being broached isn't a simple matter at all. No, it's it's really like a like a grown-up look at this. It was like, okay, I I screwed you over. You know, I'm sorry. I tried to make it work. You didn't want to. I understand you need to leave. I respect mm-hmm. that. And again, the, the narrator, you know, again, to me, like on the four or five songs that he's telling the story is, you know, he's, it, he's trying to, you know, make you feel sorry for him. He's feeling sorry for himself, which is 
realistic in real life. You know, you might have been the one that, that caused the pain. You might have been the one that screwed up, but you're still you still feel like you're the victim in it. And mm-hmm. at the end, it's like he's just kind of unapologetic about that. It was like, nah, I, you know, I screwed up, and she's probably in a better place right now. And you know, probably I am too. Um, and throw another couple back at that point in time. Um, <laughs> but no, I just I had never heard an album like like this that was dealt with the subject matter the way that it did. Um, that was a whole album that it wasn't yeah. just, you know, yeah. there, there's, there's no breaks. It's like, we're going to listen to 12 songs about you getting your heart ripped out. And, um, a lot of times by your own doing. And plus the musicianship is just, just damn good. I mean, there's just, a couple of solos band. that are disgusting on it. Oh, they have killer percussion in this album. They use every freaking thing in the world on, on this album. I mean, there's, you know, you've got banjos, you've got mandolins, you've got, um, every possible thing you can think of on it and it's just a, it was just one of those albums that I really liked um, when I was looking up some stuff on it I was kind of surprised that I actually did get a little bit of critical acclaim um, it never sold well we, ne- we never sold a lot of copies of it I played it all the time in the store but we never sold a lot of it <laughs> um, but it was just a you know it was just a really really solid album um, Justin Curry's vocals are it's a really interesting style that he does mm-hmm. because at times it actually sounds like two completely different singers on the album. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I went back and checked it and it's not, it's him. Um, but uh, no, I, you know, did you like the album? At first I didn't. At first I, it took, and it was, it was purely for, for the sound. The sound is not something that I'm really drawn into, but on repeat listens, it really, it really did grow. And there are, like, I, I come back to it, not just for listening to this, I was listening to it to listen to it because it is so full and it is so rich. It's, it's in, like, I don't want to listen to the first rule of love more than once a day. No. Songs like no, that, you, you just don't. can't handle. No, you don't. But I, I, it really grew on me and my appreciation of it really grew on me in a way where it's like, this is, a really honest and full look at this giant spectrum of ways relationships goes and the sound and the sound was the part that was the hardest to grow on me but it it really did because it is a very full sound and it really complements the record in a on every single front like be my downfall or yeah be my downfall being like this like kind of slow build opening with that soft guitar and the first rule of love doesn't need any other fucking instruments, but they bring in that like <laughs> little symbol that's kind of trails in or now. And there's that mm-hmm. big low end that kind of sweeps in. It's that, that song's cinematic. That song has a very cinematic yeah. vibe instead of like a, a rock kind of vibe. And um, one of them is so fucking catchy. I forget what it is. Fuck, I can't remember what it is. But yeah, no, I, catch my, I catch myself singing it and humming it because it is, it's really, really catchy. Yeah, um, there's, I've got like a, I don't know, more than a handful of songs that when I hear just like the very beginning of them, they're just like, yeah, man, I really, really like this song. I Can Dream About You by Dan Hartman's one of those. So whenever it comes on the radio, I'm like, God damn, I love this song. And um, always last knows like that for me. It was just that, yeah. just that hook that whenever I hear that, dun, 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 I just love, 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 love that intro. So, well, good, man. I'm glad you kind of dug it. Um, I'm glad you liked it. Uh, actually, this is probably a band that um, if 
you know, for the people that are watching this, you probably have heard their stuff before. They've never been super popular. Um, Roll to me was actually a relatively big hit on MTV. Um, and it's been in a few different soundtracks also. Uh, they're a good band. Waking Hours is a really good album they have too. Um, you, sh you should check them out. They're, it's, it's worth a listen. I think you'll like it. And uh, I'm glad you kind of liked it. I'm glad you kind of dug it. I'm glad you got to listen to it. Yeah, so it was now definitely a good listen. And so now we're going to go in a completely opposite direction, except not really. Not because really of, at all. <laughs> because a lot of the exact same things that we were just talking about are on the album that Seth gave me. And that's uh, Emergency and I from 1999 by the Dismemberment Plan. Um, why did you give me this album? I gave you this record because there are certain times where I'll listen to a record I'll like it, but I don't really know why I like it. And I do, I do that with, you know, that, like Tim Bimba Butterfly was like that for me. I didn't like it at first and I kind of like it. And then I thought this is one of the best records I ever heard. Scott Pilgrim was like that for me when I was younger. I love Scott Pilgrim. I had no idea why I liked that movie so much. And then I found out, I kind of figured out why I loved it. And this was a record where I found out about it in high school. I was uh, obsessed with spin.com because I really liked what some of the writers had to say. And I saw it was the album art that did it for me. That album art is so, it's, it's so iconic. I can't miss it anywhere. It's very recognizable. And I was like, wow, this is, it, what is this? Listen to it. And I really only dug about three tracks on it. Those, the first three tracks, I really dug it. And I didn't really care for the rest of the record. And then maybe a couple months ago, like I haven't played this, I listened to it and I like it, but a couple months ago I revisited it and it just means a lot more to me now than it did then. Everything about it just fucking hits. And, and I'm glad you that you caught the parallels because listening to this I was like, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of similarities thematically to Emergency and I, there's a lot of them. Um, namely kind of one thing, but that's why I gave you it is because it, and it definitely what it was, was I got older. I got a little, just a tiny bit more mature than it was in high school. Just a little <laughs> bit more experience on life. And I was like, holy fuck, this just, it opened up like a flower and uh, I've been listening to it nonstop. It just really grinds my gears in a good way. And I knew there was drumming on it that you would fucking adore. I knew that mm -hmm. the drumming on this, you would dig hardcore. So yeah, that's why I gave it to you. How old were you when you heard this? I know you said you were in high school. How old were you when you heard this? I was in Laz's graphics class. I must have been a junior, junior probably, junior or sophomore. Okay, and how did you find out about this record? Spin, spin.com. Spin. They were, it was the top records of, it wasn't all time. I believe it was like from the past, it was whenever, it was 2015. It was like the past 20 years or so. No, no, it must have been 20. I wasn't in high school in 2020. Anyway, yeah, it was, it was a list on Spin because I really, Spin was the only music site that wasn't blocked at school. And so I read Spin all the time. And I saw okay. that it, it was honestly that Al Mart made me click on it and listen to it. So the reason I asked that, it's funny to say the Al Mart because in a lot of the stuff that I've read about it, it's become a pretty recognizable tattoo. Um, mm -hmm. Morrison said he sees it a lot of places and it's become that. 
um, this is the definition of a record store album. This is when you would <laughs> go to a record store and somebody's like, you have got to check this out. You have to listen to this. If you like this, you have to. Um, I can't imagine listening to this in high school, what you were trying to figure out about life. Because I actually got written down here in my thing. Um, it's like, there's college guys right now sitting on their couch going, oh, fuck. Listening to this record again going, Jesus Christ, this is this is such a college album. This is um, this is the twenty somethings album in a in an album. This is what being a twenty something is right now. Yeah, I've seen so much of the stuff on the reissue of it, um, which from everything that I've read, the re, the vinyl reissue is supposed to be fa absolutely fantastic. If you're a fan of the album, look into the vinyl. Uh, they do an oral history at the very end of it. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, unreleased stuff on it. If you um, are, buy me a copy and send it to me, guys. I'd really appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> um, but it's uh. You know, it was a it was a really interesting listen to the album. Um, and you're right, I've got killer rhythm section written down like one of the first things. Yeah, no, the 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 rhythm section's unbelievable, it's super tight, um, crazy time changes on it too. There's a lot of technical stuff, just like being a drummer. There's a lot of there's a lot of drum stuff on this. You're like, damn, that's that's tight. Um, but it's a uh you know, it's a record that number one, I'm actually kind of surprised, even though I wasn't really listening to a lot of music because I was chasing your ass around the house. Um, but this is an album that I that I probably would have listened to and I probably would have would have you know put on a pretty high pedestal at that point in time. Um it's an it's an incredibly intelligent album. Um lyrically, it seems at times kind of simple, but it's not at all. He's a great, he's a great writer. Um the one of the funny things that I read about it is I don't remember which review I was reading about it. It's like if Bob Dylan in front of the talking heads. <laughs> and that's about perfect. That's, that's about, pretty that's, fucking accurate. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. about that's about perfect. Uh it's there's there's so much pessimism on the album that kind of veers into hey whatever mm -hmm. and kind of deal with it at the end of the time um there's some truly laugh out loud moments on the album uh it's incredibly well crafted uh and it got and again th th this is kind of odd that you know I, I hadn't heard of anything about it um treble magazine gave it album of the year pitchfork loved it um rolling stone loved it it got all kinds of, uh, of stuff that would all kinds of uh, praise when it came out. And it, I a million percent say it's, it's all duly deserved. It's a really, 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 really good album that uh, it does sound different. Okay. There's no denying mm -hmm. that. I mean, it sounds different. Uh, Some tracks are a little hard to listen to. There's, there's a couple that are really weird. There are um, like, I, uh, Memory Machine is like, it's weird. I, I didn't really care for that one as much, although the drumming on is fucking killer. Um, but like Gyroscope's brilliant. That's a great freaking song. Great I song. I hated that song in high school. Fucking, that's like my favorite one on the, on the album now. I love yeah, that but, song. But you weren't mature enough to understand it. Yeah, exactly. That's, you know, that's that's where I could say, like, you know, this is like when I little you know, I read Lord of the, or The Hobbit, like in second grade. I don't know what it meant. I didn't get anything <laughs> out of it. Might as well read a bubblegum yeah. rapper. But 
you know, that's, you know, the jitters is another song that's kind of off-putting, you know, it's a little, mm-hmm. bit, it's a little bit odd. Um, but then, you know, like I love magician. That's a really, really cool song, mm-hmm. you know, about a bad relationship that he understands it. And, you know, he's in on the joke or he's in on the story. It's like, yeah, you know, she treats me pretty shitty, but she's a she and I kind of like that. And so I'll put <laughs> yeah. whatever I have to. Um, but then this other like spider in the snow. Um, you know, the only thing worse than bad memories is no memories at all. You know, that's, that's brutal, but it's true. <laughs> um, you know, in the city, you know, the sadness about the breakup and, you know, it's, I mean, and, and, I, and I will say is, you know, as, as a songwriter, he does go a little bit over the top on some stuff sometimes because he's a smart, he's a smart writer and he knows it. And this is coming from an Aaron Sorkin guy. But um, <laughs> he does use a lot of words. But, you know, all I ever say now is goodbye. I mean, that's everyone's felt that at some point in their life when, you know, shit's hitting and you got bills due and you don't get to hang out with your buds anymore. And and again, you're sitting on your couch saying, fuck, you know, that's pretty much what this thing's about. Um, and also Kelly Clarkson stole that fucking hook. <laughs> that I didn't know. <laughs> oh, the, the, she didn't in, hear it, but in, I'll indulge my... me. Indulge me. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you know, he says he he does this since you've been gone, yeah. dude. That's that's Kelly Clarkson since you've been yeah. gone to the core right there. I because I I was singing that hook and Katie's like, "Fucking, you can listen to that song." I was like, "No, no, 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 different song. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It just sounds fucking identical." Um, love that song though. You know, "Girl O'Clock." You know, that's one of the that's one of the songs that's actually pretty funny. You know, that song actually made me laugh. The stuttering stuff, like the seventies British stuff. <laughs> yeah. On the all on the the drugs that they were doing. Um, I thought that was pretty cool that, uh, and then the thing that I found like absolutely hilarious is so, yeah, you've got a life of possibilities, super pessimistic, you know, super. super. And, but like, like on, like on yourself, like being, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you've got back and forth, which brings everybody together. In the goofiest way possible, you know, throw your hands in the air and, you know, do it all that other kind of crazy, yeah. you know, just like poppy stuff. But, you know, it, it ties to the first track and it ties everybody back. And, it, it, and you know, it kind of comes back to the, you know, we can get through this. We can, you know, we can deal with this, you know, we, and, and uh, you know, it's also, I thought you'll find this interesting that, you know, Morrison said that the verse structure was based off, it's all right, mom, only bleeding. Yes, I I was listening to it and I was thinking like this really fucking and then I read that on Genius and I was like that's fucking why yeah because he's cool. doing that very that like Dylan ask really fast spoken word but like kind of keeping a beat to it kind of thing like beat poetry or something like that and I love that yeah, yeah I read the, the hook put your hands in there it's so funny I read something that he was like yeah, how brave for this guy to go up on go up on you know in this album and and be like the worst rapper ever but be aware <laughs> of it and then again being actually not the worst rapper ever you know he's actually not horrible at it but he, at the same time he's horrible at it um so no uh you know like i liked you were invited i thought that was really smart that that really seemed more again as a writer trying to tell a short story and they're gonna put music behind it that's mm-hmm. what it, what it kind of seemed like to me um and that's just that, you know, writers write and, and they like to use and like to do it, but he used not too many words, but I, that's one of those two. And I think, 
I can understand why this is popular amongst you know, like amongst your age and you know probably even the 30 plus crowd that you know there's a lot of real feelings that everyone can relate to on this album and uh you know and the music for like for the old farts like me um it's a little bit weird it's a little mm-hmm. bit in and out I mean there's like crazy time changes on it and but it's very um I think the talking heads comparison is is fair mm-hmm. um you know flaming lips pixies uh there's something I'll hit on a little bit on too hugely influenced by Fugazi I'm not super familiar with Fugazi but he had a list of like his top you know 500 albums and like their entire discography was in there so obviously it was hugely influential on him um but yeah really really liked the album a lot really enjoyed it if at 25 26 I would have been hugely into it and so yeah it's I can definitely see now why you would appreciate it more uh because now you've had like you said some life experience and you've dealt with some of this stuff and mm-hmm. you felt the anxiety and you felt the isolation and you figured out yeah I gotta kind of get up and go to work the next day and I gotta kind of deal with some of this stuff um but yeah great record I I thoroughly strongly recommend you know anybody listen to it um you'll get a lot out of it it's it's a good album it does sound a little bit strange but if you're of the age where hell if you like Weezer you can deal with this oh yeah this guy sounds a lot better than fucking Cuomo I'll tell you that Jesus I won't go off on that rant but yes you can deal with it um there, there, oh sorry sorry go on no I'll say I like for me and the stuff that I'm familiar with Talking Heads is probably the the best comparison to it because you have a lot of uh you know start and stop and staccato and um you know he's not a great vocalist but he's a good front man mm-hmm. and so and then and you know the music fits and and all that yeah and and like the talking heads because at some points like they use drum machines and like there's a weird that weird electronic um violin a weird synth violin on spider in the snow which is very i didn't think about the talking heads comparison but that, that's very apt because they do do that weird mix between some analog stuff and some digital stuff because whatever this this album is what i thought before i listened to radiohead this is what i thought this would sound like <laughs> this mm-hmm. is what i thought radiohead sounded like it's it's not sadly enough i wish yeah no it's, it's kind of funny because the you know to get off on a huge tangent but you know creep was the first radiohead song that i heard so i thought that's what they sounded like all the time <laughs> and then yeah. the second and then the second song i heard was fake blasted trees and i was like oh some soundtrack you know different stuff like that and i was like no they really don't listen don't sound anything like any of that stuff it's completely different and i've i have to say that the other thing that like really really made me laugh hard is you know the whole if i don't get laid i'm gonna die um you know that, that whole thing i actually laughed out loud on that because that's 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 funny and again it's just one of those so things funny. That, you know it's it's you can relate to it it's just you know it's one of those things but yeah that was that was what it that that, that cracked me up that whole thing yeah, was, that's so, and, and so funny yeah it's i mean it's a funny song so uh yeah no big thumbs up i you know i uh again i can't recommend it enough it's it's a strong album um i can definitely see why uh you know it, it garnered the awards that it did and i can definitely see why it's really really super popular amongst people your age mm-hmm. i definitely can 
the I, I think the the through line that I most clearly saw between these two records is that the narrator is arrogant and he recognizes his arrogance and that's really the part like there, there's coming like there's coming of age stories and stuff and then there's the being of age stuff and that's what kind of both these records like showed me is that it's it's about like fucking taking a step back like you're not the man like life of possibilities is like i fucking i'm digging down and through this all this shit no i don't need anybody they don't need me and he comes up and they're like what the fuck are you doing everyone's like what are you mm-hmm. what are you doing and that's what that's what this both these records really show is that it's like don't get too in your head don't think you got it because you're not you're not that you're not hot shit buddy you think you are and you're not and it's about both these records really bring that out yeah and i it's i thought it was kind of interesting that again thematically they're pretty similar mm-hmm. they have a through line mm-hmm. for sure and they couldn't sound any more different but they're both you know they're both really really well written um and there's stuff that'll stick with you but yeah i can again i can see you know people whistling these songs and and i completely get it so yeah no again that's that's another one that um again glad you turned me on to it really enjoyed it uh i would recommend it to you know to people my age give it a listen to and uh you might not love every song on it because there's a couple of them that were misses for me too, but you'll you'll enjoy the album as a whole, for sure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and to touch on the Del Mucci one, I would also, if if you're if you're my age as a music fan, give it a listen because it's it'll fit nicely into the catalog of records that you like. It's so good that on this episode of Seinfeld, you can see it in the back corner. So make sure you check it awesome. out because it is. Maybe don't listen to it if you don't like your girlfriend. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> or maybe, maybe do. Maybe you should really listen to this record if you don't like your girlfriend. But definitely give it a listen. Um, it's, I would, I want to say it's a lot of fun, but it's not a lot of fun. It's really not. <laughs> no. But, or, or just listen to like the first rule of love and you'll be super deep and intellectual at your next party that you yeah. go to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It. Send it, send that yeah. song to your ex-girlfriend and be like, yeah, man. This is, yeah, man, this is, yeah. So interestingly enough, um, some stuff that I was reading actually led me to the album that I am going to give you for next week. And it was a complete curveball that happened today. So it really, really changed things up a lot for me. Um, I'm gonna start kind of bringing out some of the heavyweights on this okay okay i'm gonna start throwing some stuff at you oh and i did wear this for you today luck of the gunners boys so um i read a really horrible i fell into actually a pretty rabbit hole in travis morrison and read a really horrible 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 um list of stories about when his solo album came out pitchfork gave it a zero also, and also, quick, quick note: Travis Morrison is the frontman for the Dismemberment Plan. Yes, for sorry. Anybody thank that you. doesn't know, you're good. Thank you. And his solo album came out. And they gave it a zero, and it effectively ended his solo career. Um, he doesn't talk about it. Uh, the only I read, God, probably 
11 different articles about this. Um, he, he wouldn't respond to the, to the writers about it or anything. I'm not going to talk about it. You know, this is brand to me. And he did respond to one. I, I want to say it was an Axios reporter that they also told him that they had given Liz Fair a zero. And he was a big Liz Fair fan. And so he's like, hey, you know, that make that, you know, I, I have to defend Liz. She's a brilliant artist. Um, and there's a, a story I want to say it's from. I'm going to get it wrong. Uh, but it basically is when critics could kill your career. And like they gave Jet a zero. Um, and there was another band that gave a zero too, also. Um, but it like it, it effectively ended a solo career. And um, it was just sad because he's really hurt by it. And now there's a lot of people coming back saying, well, it's actually not that bad. And, you know, they gave it like a 4.7 or an eight or whatever like that. Um, but then when D-Plan reunited, they played a Pitchfork festival. And I don't know how this guy can do that. I give him all the credit in the world for being a bigger person than I would be. Because if it was me, I would have played a solo album and just told them all to piss off. Uh, but it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's hard to believe that, again, I, I wasn't, Pitchfork wasn't a big thing for me. It was always Rolling Stone or like you said, Spin was, mm -hmm. was another one or Enemy. Um, but stores wouldn't stock the album. Radio stations wouldn't play it just because Pitchfork gave it a zero. And uh, it was just kind of a sad, you know, a sad thing to that guy and or a sad thing for that guy. And so I give him all the credit in the world for, you know, picking the pieces back up and, you know, actually going out and playing obviously music that he loved. But side note, he uh, put out a list of his top 500 albums of all time. And that led me to change what I was going to give you. So, his number one album on his top 500, and he said it's his favorite. It's not the best of all time, but it was his mm -hmm. favorite. Um, we're going to go back to 1988, June 28th, actually. And it is the sophomore album by a group, 58 minutes long. Um, it's a group that I very well know that you have heard. And I know you have heard some of this. I don't know if you have listened to it. But in honor of Travis Morris and his number one album of all time, Public Enemy, It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back. That's what I'm giving you. Rock on. I'm fucking excited for this one. And well, you should be. Very, very fucking stuck. Okay, sweet. Okay. Well, that makes the record that I'm going to give you all the more awkward. Because <laughs> it is <laughs> not at all all because we got a bunch we got a bunch to get through here so this is gonna be the first i'm fucking so close one it's this is gonna be the first wacky one okay. it's not so wacky that everyone's gonna explode and hate it because you you like chick pop you are a fan of pop music in a way yes so i'm gonna give you the sequel to pop music pop 2 by Charlie XEX. Okay. I know you're familiar enough. You're aware of Charlie XEX. And I have a feeling that this record is not going to be what you thought 
pop stars were making. Okay. I think you're gonna dig it. And I really think that there's one specific person in the audience that is going to watch this stat video a numerous amount of times. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I am somewhat familiar with Charlie XCF, so uh it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to looking forward <laughs> to putting the cans on it. So we'll this see. is gonna be a fun one, public enemy versus Charlie XCX. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it should be uh should be a little bit different. And also I would like to say, you know, to the people that have watched the the previous videos, thanks so much. We really enjoyed yeah. doing this. Um and we've had honestly a lot more people watch this than we thought. If you do have like an album that you would recommend or you'd like me to listen to or set to listen to, throw it in the comments. Um we'll yeah, we definitely give it a listen to, but um you know, this is kind of a again a cool thing that i get to do with seth and and we enjoy the heck out of it and for you to take you know whatever time that that you take out of your day to watch this and, and do that we we do really appreciate it because we are just two silly white dudes that are talking about music and act like we know something when we just really like heineken um but again thanks so much for doing that and until next time peace